But today I got a treat for you. Um, one of the things when we started the church um, through our through our network with ARC and whatnot, God has allowed us, um, oh, before I do that, before I make this introduction, if you're in middle school, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, you guys are dismissed. You guys can go. Nick's ready for you guys to, to teach you guys and hang out with you. Good, good looking group today. Thanks, Nick, for your investment in our next generation. Um, so I, I, whenever we um, started the church, um, our, through our team and through, through our, God said, hey, God, and God led us to have overseers, and God began putting on our heart people that would speak over us and speak into us and to love on us and encourage us. And um, Joey and April were one of the people that we picked. We've known Joey and April since um, 2000. Um, when we met with them in Bible college, and they have been awesome for us at the church plant. They keep an eye on us. They make sure we're rested. And one of the things that Joey makes me do, he's like, you got to sit out and you have to rest and you got to not do anything. And, and he, he's, we, we fight a lot of times because I, he wants me to do things I don't want to do, and he makes me do them. And they always win him in April. And uh, if he can't talk me into it, April can talk Diane into it. And um, it's a, they're a good team like that. But Joey's going to speak into our, to us today. But can we stand to our feet today? And can we welcome Joey, one of our overseers, to speak to us today? Come on, Jesus is good, amen? They'll get this mic turned down, I promise you. I'm a little more passionate than, uh, than the next person, amen? Are you ready? Come on, you could, you, hey, you could be in the crowd every time I preach, all day long, sister, all day long. You could come to Tampa and be in the chair. I told my wife, I said, I, I need her every weekend when I preach. Every, every weekend. God is good, amen? Isn't God good? Man, don't, don't you believe we got something to celebrate today? I'm thankful that Easter isn't a day on the calendar. It's something that lives inside of our heart. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Do you believe that? Uh, man, I'm, I'm thrilled and excited and pleased to be able to be with you today. Um, I want to say this to you before I, I move any further uh, in our time. I, I, Wesley said we're overseers. More than anything, we're just best friends with them. And how many of you know uh, that a best friend's hard to come by? Amen? And so we're thankful for them. I want you to know that you have the best lead pastors in the entire world. Pastor Wesley and Diana are incredible. And I think what a good thing you could do right now is stand up on your feet and give them honor where honor is due. You know, the Bible talks about honor. See, see, while you're standing, stay standing, stay standing. While you're standing, you need to understand this. Okay, I'm a church planter like he is. I was able to plant with 75 people. He planted with just a few. And I want you to know that I know them intimately, intimately. And they think about you. They dream about you. They hope for you. That's why they call it Hope Church. They believe in you. They have trust in you. Uh, and I'm declaring that two services will be happening by the fall in this room. And I just want you to know. I just want you to know, listen, I just want you to know, it, it's not easy to step out and go across town and plant a church. And I want you to know that this couple did it, and I think you should put your hands together one more time for them. Amen? Well, while you're standing, let, let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you. We are so privileged and honored that, uh, uh, that you gave us another day. God, I, I'm so reminded of the scripture that we read this morning, that, that our mercy, your mercies are new every single day. That's not the same mercy. That's a brand new mercy, that you are an incredible God, and when you give us a new mercy, it's different than it was yesterday. It's different than it was last week. It's different than it was last month. It's different than last year. It's different than the first day we got up after we trusted you as Savior. We thank you, God, for the brand new mercy today. And we honor you, we worship you, we bless your name, and then would the King of kings and the Lord of lords be glorified today. You say this, that if we don't call out, that the rocks will cry out. 
You are the Alpha. You are the Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are Jehovah Jireh. You're our great provider. And for somebody in the room today that needs your healing, I pray that you would heal in a supernatural way. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody at Hope Church said amen. You put your hands together for Jesus. And then you can find the seats. Um, man, I'm thrilled to be here. You know why I'm thrilled to be here? Because I don't have to preach four times in the weekend just one time. Let me say this to you. If you don't know me, if you weren't here, I, I was able to come about a year ago. Uh, if you got a hanky, you can wave your hanky. You can amen. You can wave your note sheet. You can throw your Bible in the air. When you talk back, I know I'm doing good. But if you ain't talking back, then I just walk off and go back to Tampa. Amen. So let me know you're here, okay? You may say amen. You may say hallelujah. You may say oh me. You may say get off my toes. I don't know what you may say to me, but just talk back to the preacher, amen? Amen? So uh, Pastor Wesley, about a month ago, he said, will you come and, and teach to our people? And uh, uh, most of the time when you're a guest speaker, you just get to preach whatever you want to preach, but not when you come to Wesley's church. He said, I want you to preach on baptism. And I said, okay. Here we go. I'll do it. And uh, I'm excited today. And I want to say to you that, uh, and this is the oh me moment, okay? As soon as I said baptism, you had one of two thoughts. Somebody in the room got really, really excited. And somebody said this, oh, this ain't for me. I've already been baptized. And I want to say this to you. This is all possible. If that's your attitude, then you may be too saved today. Because there's people in this room today, they need to hear from Jesus. And they've yet to take that step in their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so I believe that God's got a word for you today. I believe that God's going to speak to you today. And if you're ready to listen, I'm ready to preach, all right? Uh, let me say this to you at the very beginning is I believe that the church, I'm going to say one negative thing, and the rest I shared today is going to be very, very positive. But the only negative thing I want to say to you is this. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ has lost an old art of the past. I believe there's an art of the past that, that God instituted from the very beginning of creation, and then somewhere along the way, he passed it down to Jesus Christ, his, his only begotten son. And when he passed it down to Jesus, somewhere along the way, when he handed it off to the church, us, we fumbled the ball. The ball started rolling on the ground, and we didn't know what to do with the ball that got passed down to us. And I believe that God wants to change it right here in Winter Garden. I believe that right here in this area of Orlando, God, God wants to change it. And I want to tell you the art that we've lost from the old days is the art of celebration. See, we have forgotten that the church is all about celebration, that we're supposed to celebrate dead people coming alive. That our job is to unpopulate hell and overpopulate heaven. Do you believe that? And so it's time in the church of Jesus Christ that we start celebrating what Jesus celebrated. Can I say this to you? Jesus celebrated baptisms. Jesus celebrated it. And next weekend, I think Pastor Wesley's going to share this with you, next weekend they're doing a big baptism bash, and we're believing in the name of Jesus that tens of people are going to be baptized next weekend that you're going to be baptized, and I want to tell you throughout our time together why you need to be baptized. So first thing I want to say to you is this. Baptism isn't an old thing. God isn't a new thing. God instituted the very beginning of society, and if you look back through the Old Testament, the Old Testament was created out of celebration, not out of sulking. Now, if you grew up 
How many of you, just be honest with me, you grew up in a denominational background? Raise your hand, denominational background. How many of you know that we grew up in a denomination? I did as well. We grew up in a denomination that we just tolerated baptism. We didn't celebrate baptism. And I believe that the church of Jesus Christ, we are called to celebrate baptism, not just tolerate baptism. Now, I grew up in a denomination. What would happen several times a year, if just so happened, somebody would give their life to Jesus Christ. Praise this church that every single week in people are trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Do you realize this? That's not happening at every church. Be thankful for what you got. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. In fact, where the grass is greener on the other side, the water bills higher. Grass isn't always greener on the other side. But I remember growing up in a denomination that, that the pastor would get this white robe on, or it used to be white, but it was yellow and stained now. And he would get in the back of the baptismal, and we'd sit out there just like you do, and some of you are looking at me like this too, like, who is this weird guy? And we'd get, he'd put this white robe on, and he'd say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and he'd dunk you up, pierce it over, and he'd come back up. And I used to watch the preacher just five minutes later, he'd come and get behind this pulpit, and he would preach. And I used to think the miracle was the fact that how in the world did that guy get in the water and come out dry as a bone? How in the world did that happen? See, I sat in the front row, and all I did was tolerate baptism. We didn't celebrate baptism. And I want to say to you, Jesus celebrated baptism. If Jesus celebrated baptism, then we should as well. So my question is, are you ready? If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 3. If you're brand new to church, no problem. The scriptures will be on the screen. If you're brand new to church, no worry. What we do here at Hope Church is we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God and from start to finish. It is without error and it is perfect and it is our map to all society. Do you believe that today, church? And so, if you're brand new, there's two sections to the Bible. There's an old section and a new section. The old section is a little bit fun, has some boring spots in it, but it's really, really good. The new section, come on, can we keep it real today? But the new section starts out with the life of Jesus Christ. And I used to think when I read the Bible, when I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I used to think that Jesus had to die four times. And I used to think, man, why didn't he get it straight the first time? Like, why didn't Mark, come on, are you hearing me today? So in Matthew chapter 3, we read Jesus' baptism. Now, in Matthew chapter 9, Matthew, by the way, guess who wrote the book of Matthew? Very good, smart bunch here at Hope Church. Great job. Are you here today? Is this section here? I'm not so sure about this section. Are you here today? Is this section here? Are you here today? All right, all right. You're looking at me a little funky, Okay. And so Jesus was baptized in Matthew chapter 3, but in Matthew chapter 9, he explains to us that there was a time where he did not follow Jesus. And so we're going to read in Matthew chapter 3. What I want to do is I want to give you three reasons why baptism is important. By the way, uh, Diana's calling this the after party, and I don't know about you, but I think the after party is just as important as the party. Do you believe that today? The party was awesome last week, wasn't it? But it's going to be awesome this weekend. And by the way, just newsflash, the after party's every weekend after Easter. Every weekend. Every weekend. That's why, that's why the, that uh, Jesus, uh, Easter, is not uh, an event. We, it's a person. Resurrection is a person. It's not an event. We don't celebrate Easter Sunday. We celebrate Jesus who was resurrected from the grave. So let me give you three reasons why you need to be baptized, okay? First one is this. I must understand it. Say it is important. It's a big deal. Matthew chapter 3 verse 13 says this, then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized 
by John. Now, we can't go any further because I need to explain to you what's happening here. Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River. Now, how many of you are runners in the room today? You've ran a 5K, raise your hand, 5K. You've ran a 10K, raise your hand. You've ran a half marathon, raise your hand. Half, 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 two, half. Liar, but it's a good half. Okay, sorry. How many of you run a marathon? Marathons, marathons, you ran a marathon? Awesome. I've ran a marathon too. Guess what? I ran two marathons in one day, my first and my last. That's funnier than you responded, but that's okay. Some of y'all get that later. I ran a marathon. And how many of you know something about runners? You know what a person's willing to go through by what, by, you know what a person gets by what they're willing to go through. If you see what they're willing to go through to get to accomplish the thing that they're able to accomplish, how many of you know that's worth the salt and the weight of that thing? And I want to say to you, we can't just skip over the first part of this verse because the Bible says that Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River. Go study in your Bible. That is a total of 60 miles. That Jesus traveled on a Wednesday morning from Galilee down to the Jordan River. By the way, I've been there, and it's 60 miles long. How many of you know we know a lot what Jesus will and go through to get to the place that he wanted to be? So if it was important for Jesus to be baptized, how much more should it be important for us to be baptized? See, I'm all about celebration. I'm all about celebrating our sports team. I'm all about us celebrating. I love all the Tampa sports, all about it. I'm all about you celebrating your kids' honor roll on the back of your minivan and telling, and telling people my son got the honor roll at such and such elementary school. I'm great with you doing that, but can I say this to you? It is the world that celebrates what is temporal, but it is the church that celebrates what is eternal. It is the church that celebrates what is eternal. You can get in there and clap all you want. Hey, let me, let me just teach you something. When I come to preach, if you're going to clap, get in there and clap. Don't halfway clap it. Don't get half the room to clap. Let's get in there and clap it, okay? It, it is. It is the church that celebrates what is eternal. It is the church that celebrates what is eternal? Now, we're a committed society, are we not? Look at everybody's bumper sticker. Look at the last 10 posts on Facebook. Look at their sports team. Look at their political stance. We are a committed, committed society. Can I say this to you? Jesus was committed to baptism. It is important. It's important. Number two, write this down. I must get past my objections. I must get past my objections. Now, I, I told Pastor West I was going to share my story with you, and I want to share it with you briefly because I'm limited on time because this thing's counting down on me, and I think it flashes red when I'm done in the name of Jesus. So here's what I want to say to you. When I was seven years old, I said some prayer. Now, I didn't know what the prayer was, but I've learned later after life it's called the sinner's prayer. And here's what that prayer is. It's a prayer that says, I once was lost, but now I want to be found. Do you remember that prayer? And I prayed that when I was seven years old, and then a month later, my pastor told me, you need to get baptized. Now, let me say this to you. I don't remember saying the sinner's prayer, and I don't remember being baptized. But I know my mom told me it was something I needed to do, so she never steered me wrong way, so I did what she told me to do. Anybody got any moms like that? So I just listened to her. But I'll be honest with you, from age 7 to 17, I prayed what's called suicidal prayers. Maybe you've prayed those before. And this is what the prayer looks like. You go to bed at night, Jesus, if I die in the middle of the night... Take me to heaven because I don't want to go to hell with the devil. And I'd wake up the next morning, i go, whoo, made it through one more day. How many of you ever prayed those prayers before? Don't lie in church. Yes, you have. We've all prayed them. For 10 years of my life, I prayed that from age 7 to 17. And I said, Jesus, I'm tired of worrying, tired of wondering. And so when I was 17 years old, in March of 1999, I was a junior in high school. And I said, Jesus, I'm done. 
I said, I want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt because I know this, that if I'm 99% sure I'm saved, then I'm 100% lost. And I want to be 100% sure that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And so I knelt before my bed at 3.15 in the afternoon on Wednesday afternoon. I came in the front door. I got closed my door, went to my bedroom. I knelt before my bed, and I said, Jesus, come into my life once and for all. I don't want to pray any more suicidal prayers. I need you in my life. It's a good place to clap and amen right there. So that's good news. So I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I said, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you want me to go. And I should have gotten baptized. And from age 17, by the way, I'm 36, from age 17 to age 34, I went to Bible college. I was a pastor. I baptized people. Three, sorry. I baptized people. I led people to Christ. I ministered all over this country. And yet, I wasn't baptized. For 17 years of my life, I told people to get baptized, but I wouldn't. You know why? Because I was scared to death. I was scared to death. I was frightened. I was fearful. And so, I came, I'm a salesman too, by the way. And so at age 34, I had this clever idea. If I'm going to wait 17 years to get baptized, when I finally do it, I'm going to do it right. And so I told my pastor, I was working at a church at this time, and I told my pastor, hey, I want to plan a trip to Israel. And by the way, if you don't know where Israel, Jesus hung out a lot in Israel. Pretty much his whole life. And so we spent, I said, I'm going to plan this trip to Israel. I want to take about 25 people. In the back of my mind, here's why I'm going to Israel. Because I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to get baptized where Jesus got baptized. And so I told people, come on, you want to go to Israel? I, just, I was telling the whole deal. And two years ago, this Friday, on my birthday, April 28, 2014, I said, I want to be baptized at the very place Jesus was baptized, and here are the pictures of me being baptized right in the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized. You can see me right there. I got one of those, I got one of those Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran uh, robes on, but praise Jesus, I got baptized. And listen to me. That's awesome, is it not? But why did I wait 17 years? Because I was scared to death. I was fearful. What were people going to think of me? I was a pastor. I had been saved for 17 years, but I had never been baptized. See, let me give you three reasons why. We get all the time around the church world why I don't want to be baptized. Three reasons. Three of the most important reasons why we get it. Number one is this. Write this down. I've already been baptized. I, I, don't, I don't need to be baptized. I've already been baptized. And can I say this to you very, very nicely? Can I say this to you? Have you been baptized after you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. Now, I'm going to come down here just for a moment. I'll try not to get in front of the speaker because this, I want you to be gentle with this. Some of you, you're in church, and it's okay. You've been, you were sprinkled as a child. And I'm going to be very sensitive around this topic. But you were sprinkled as a child. Your mom and your, by the way, you need healing from being sprinkled at one years old. Do you not? Do you not? Come on, keep it real. Okay? But you were, you were sprinkled as a child. And listen, You've said, that was my baptism. When I was 12, 15, 38, I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, but I was sprinkled as a child. And I want to say this to you. That experience of being sprinkled as a child was an incredible, powerful, monumental, life-altering decision for your parents. You don't remember it? And listen to me. Some of you are like, but I don't want to make my mom or dad mad. My godmother or my grandmother or my auntie or my sister, I don't want to make them mad. And I want to say to you today, if you were sprinkled as a child 
And at some point in your life, you gave your life to Jesus Christ. You signing up to be baptized next weekend is actually a fulfillment of their promise in your life. They stood before the church, and they promised to raise their son and their daughter in the nurture and admonition of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you choosing to be baptized by immersion is you following after the plans that your mom and dad had for you. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Can I get 12 people to say amen? The second reason we get all the time is I'm scared. I'm just too scared. I've already been been baptized. I haven't been baptized, but I'm just too scared. And I want to say to you, at Wellspring Community Church and at Hope Church, we have never lost anybody in the baptismal waters. We've never put Johnny and Susie under. Oh, my God, where'd she go? Where'd they go? Oh, my word, I don't see that. Never, never. And I know I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek, but we've never had that happen. There has never, ever, ever been a shark attack in the baptismal waters at Hope Church. Never. Never one time. Never one time has a shark come up and bit somebody's leg. Never one time. And I want to say to you, here at Hope Church, we have professional dunkers. We will make sure, by the way, we did a baptism experience last month at our church. We had 54 people on a weekend get baptized. Half of them were people who have been saved for a long time but missed first base. Let me say this to you. If you miss first base, you're always on video missing first base. Go back and touch the bag. Are you hearing me? Go back and touch the bag. Go back and touch the bag. The run won't count. It'll count in Jesus. How many know you get to go to heaven even though you've never been baptized? How many are you thankful for that? But go back and touch the back. Go back and touch the back. So I'm scared. I'm just, I'm just too scared. I want to say this to you. We had, last month we had an 85-year-old woman who said, I'm scared to be baptized, and I'm scared of water. How do you baptize a person who's scared of water? With a lot of prayer. We put her in the water knee-deep, and we just said to her, we said, we prayed over her. We anointed her with oil, and I, hopefully that's okay to say in church. We anointed her with oil, and we said, we said, God, would you protect her? Would you keep her safe? Would you give her peace that surpasses all of her understanding? And we put her under. You know what she said? She said this. Our kids say this after they get off the roller coaster. Oh, my word, that was incredible. I don't know why I was so scared of that. Now, when our kids go on roller coasters and they get off, what do they say? Can I go on that again? The third, third thing we get all the time is this when it comes to baptism. I'm just a private person. Just a private person. Just private person. I don't really want to be baptized. Yeah, I'll put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I'll serve and I'll hand out bulletins. I'll serve with the kids kids in the kids' ministry. But, but I'm not going to get baptized because I'm a private person. Can I say this to you? You do not have a right in Christianity to keep your faith private. Jesus hung naked on a cross, and bled for your sins. How dare us say our faith is private, that we won't get in the water for five seconds and get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm preaching 38% better than you responded this morning. Why don't you put your hands together and believe with me this morning that that's the case. If Jesus went public, how much more should we go public for our faith? Listen to verse 14 of this same passage. It says this, but John tried to talk him out of it. I am the only one who needs to be baptized by you. He said, so why are you coming to me? If Jesus had the opportunity, and I use the word opportunity loosely, to be talked out of being baptized, right now you're having the opportunity to be talked out of baptism. I'm just too scared. I'm just too scared. I'm just too fearful. Well, I'm just going to keep my faith private. Well, I was sprinkled as a child, but I'm not quite sure I really need to be baptized by immersion. Can I say this to you? The after party 
is all about you understanding that baptism is important and that you're going to have to get past your objections. And number three, if you're taking notes, write this down. I must do it A-S-A-P. Now, if you're brand new to church, you're brand new to life existence, the word A-S-A-P means as soon as possible. Now, how many of you have smoke detectors in your, in your house? Raise your hand. Smoke detectors? Now, are your smoke detectors from hell like mine are? And here's what my smoke detect. What happens to my smoke detectors? When they go off, when the battery dies, it always dies in the middle of the night. Come on, am I preaching to somebody today? It ne- it never dies at breakfast time. It never dies at lunchtime. It never dies while I'm sitting watching TV in the evening. It always dies in the middle of the night. And if you're anything like me, you need your sleep at night. Do you not? You need your sleep at night. Now I don't know what your life is like. Maybe you need five hours of sleep. Maybe you need eight hours of sleep. Maybe you're like Wesley and you need 12 hours of sleep. I don't know what you need, but you have a certain amount of sleep that you need every single night. And if you don't get that sleep, you become the devil the next morning, do you not? You got kids, do they not become the devil the next morning? My kid, if, he, if she, or he, she, mostly she, goes to bed after 7.30 at night, she becomes literally the devil incarnate right here on planet Earth. Anybody else got any kids like that? You need your sleep. But for some reason, so many people, they just try to sleep through their smoke detector going off in the middle of the night. And if you're anything like me, you're not going to get into a good night's sleep. The best thing for you to do is to get up, find that silly little square battery. I have no clue what kind of battery it is. But it's a square one that's got one little knob that's a little bit bigger than the other one. Come on, everybody knows what I'm talking about? A, B, C, D, F, G. I don't know which one it is, but I just know what it looks like. I go into Home Depot. Anybody like this? I go into Home Depot, and I say, give me another one of these. Anybody else do that? Like, I don't know what this is called, but this thing is producing life for me, so will you help me with this? And so you change it in the middle of the night. You don't wait till it's the next morning. You change it in the middle of the night because you must do it A-S-A-P. Verse 15 says this, but Jesus said, it should be done, the King James Version says, now. It should be done now. By the way, by the way, come on and come and play with me. That's awesome. Come on up here. Give her a big hand. Give her a big hand. What's your name? Jeannie. Love Jeannie. Thank you. Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. This is what I want you to know. That all of Jesus' ministry started at this very moment. This very moment. It, It wasn't before. It was right here. Everything significant that Jesus did started with him being baptized. Everything. So Jesus said, if you got something for me, Father, I'll take it right now. If you got more grace, I'll take grace. If you got more money, I'll take more money. If you got more hope, I'll take more hope. If you got more healing, I'll take more healing. If you got more the dwelling of the Spirit in my life, I'll take more. I'll take whatever you got. It must happen now. Must happen now. A-S-A-P. For we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Can I say this to you, church? Obedience isn't something you need to pray about. Obedience is just something you need to do. You don't need to pray about trusting Jesus Christ. You don't need to pray about not cheating on your spouse. You don't need to pray about bringing your kids to church. And you certainly don't need to pray about being baptized. You don't. There are just some things in life you just don't need to pray about. And being baptized is one of them. Somebody needs to write this down. 
Obedience now leads to opportunities later. How many of you want some opportunities in your life? How many want more grace? How many want more hope? How many want more green in your wallet? How many you want more? How many want more Jesus involved? How many want Jesus to anoint your marriage? How many want your kids to be raised up in a church and do something significant in your life? Obedience, obedience now leads to opportunities later. If you want opportunities, young person, if you want opportunities, don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait to be baptized. Don't wait till the time is right. Don't wait till you're not embarrassed. Obedience now leads to opportunities later. I want you to think about this right now. What is the opportunity you want to happen in your life? If you can't obey the very first thing that Jesus asked you to do, why in the world should he continue to be faithful to you? Now, praise God that he will. Amen? But why should he if we can't obey the very first thing that he asked us to do? Obedience now leads to opportunities later. The heavens were opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and setting on him. And a voice from heaven said, listen to this verse. This is my dearly loved son. Very first time in scripture, listen to these words. Very first time. How many know if it's said the first time or the last time? You better listen. Very first time this is said, listen to this. This is the father saying over his son, who brings me great joy. Can I say this to you? You want to bring God great joy, don't you? Can I just talk to this section? Do you want to bring God great joy? 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 Is that one of your greatest desires in life is to bring him joy? Do you want to bring him joy? Do you guys want to bring him joy? If you want to bring him joy, then do the things that he asked us to do. Now, how many of you want to know the will of God in your life? How many of you, raise your hand. I want to know the will of God. You know how you know the will of God? By obeying the word of God. If you want to know the will of God, you must obey the word of God. See, we want Jesus to bless our job. We want Jesus to bless our marriage. We want Jesus to bless our kids. We want Jesus to bless this new house. We want Jesus to bless our new home. We want Jesus to bless. And we just walk you. God bless. God bless. Please bless God. Please bless. And he's saying to some of us in the church today, if you will go back and touch the bag at first pace, I've got so many more blessings that I want to give to you. So many more blessings. Three people are with me. Praise God for the three people. See, the after party, the after party is all about realizing that it's important to Jesus. Baptism is important. One of my greatest regrets in life is waiting 17 years to be baptized. Be honest with you. Let me just be sulk with you for a second. I wonder how many opportunities I missed because I missed first base. I'm thankful to God I went back to touch it. But I want to say this to you. I missed a lot of blessings in my life because for 17 years I missed the back. I'm asking you to go back and touch the back. It's important to Jesus. You're going to have to get past your objections. There's every reason in the book why you're sitting in church and going, no, 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 not me, not me, not me, not me, not now, not this season, not right now. I'm not doing it right now. I'm too scared. I've already been sprinkled as a baby. I don't know what's going to happen. You must get past your objections, and you must do it ASAP. You must do it ASAP. If you're encouraged, would you give Jesus a clap offering of praise? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around.